Welcome to the Freeform Rock Podcast. This is your host, frickin' Mark Taylor. Grab a beard, stay a while, and we do anything. We go from all genres, man. We go from Duran Duran and Metallica. So party on, dude. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Freeform Rock Podcast. Today we have our normal guest on here, Mr. Da 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 da. Hey, 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 hey. That's right. It's your favorite bushy pussy face, also known as DJ Big Bushy, Nate Atchison here. And I know you're right, man. I'm, I'm like a regular now. Better have my ice, uh, my beer on ice, bitch. Last time it was warm. <laughs> it's always on ice. <laughs> if not, it's in the freezer exploding. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll eat a beer sickle. I'm not above it. <laughs> Scrape it off the freezer door. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, that's good barley and good hops you're wasting. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, we want to, before we get into, uh, we're going to do Twisted Sister Stay Hungry today, but before we get into this album, we have some rants we want to talk about, because this this election, you know, I was happy Trump got in, you know, but these people who are freaking crying and need safe zones and colleges, and also I have to talk about, I guess, my ex-friend now and brother, uh, Ian Wadley, oh my God, I never thought this guy would be a bitch. I never thought that I couldn't give him shit on anything and he wouldn't take it. And I would, I'd take his shit all the time about being a Christian and, and my beliefs. And I just laugh it off, man. But he puts up a picture of uh, Trump looking like Hitler. And I put a comment on it. Uh, uh, sore loser. haha. And then he uh, puts a meme on my thing with Hitler, with Trump as Hitler saying, fuck you, Mark, and deletes me and kicks me out of the Wadzilla group. I go, what the fuck, man? I was just busting his balls like I always do, like he does to me. Fuck, this election is everybody's panties in a wad. What do you think about this shit? Well, I, I uh, boy, that, that's touchy ground for me because Wadzilla's like a brother to me. So I'm going to try to not weigh in too much on that opinion um, because it's come close for me. And I actually had to delete somebody as well. And it was actually before the election. And they thought they were just going to attack me, attack me, attack me. It, it was when... I don't care so much if you attack my beliefs so much because I am not a conservative type of Republican. I, I lean a little more left on the Republican side, so I guess more to the center, they would say. Um, but once you start attacking me personally because, because I believe a certain way, that's when I get pissed. And I finally had enough, and I actually had to block somebody. And I, I felt bad about it because of my buddy's mother, but it wasn't her. It was her husband, and uh, she got a hold of me on another account apologizing for it. So I, I might have to let her back in because she's not mad at me. Um, this is a very, uh, very emotional election. I mean, all the pundits, all the polls. And I kept saying these goddamn polls were skewed. There's no way that she's up by this many points. There's just no way in hell. So I kept saying it was uh, it was skewed. I actually recorded a podcast of my own that I'm going to be doing once a month because I don't have the time to do it and dedicate myself to it the way like you and Ralph and Ian and other people do. Um and I had said I'm, I'm predicting a landslide. And if you look at the electoral votes, what is it? Like? Right now it's like 309 to 2-something, 20-something or whatever. And that is a landslide win. People are upset because uh, the uh, popular vote didn't win and they want to you know, get the electoral college to vote against. What they're not looking at is that electoral map. It's all big urban areas where you have concentrations of people, you know, uh, uh, millions of people. You know that vote one way and they tend to do that in more urban areas although you know i'm right here next to fort drum new york home in the 10th mountain division climb to glory i served there for seven years 
you know, in this area voted Republican, and they and they tend to they they tend to be a more conservative based part of New York. In fact, when I looked at the electoral map, it looked like New York City, Syracuse, Buffalo, and maybe Albany were the only ones that uh, went the other way. I think it was just very emotional. And let's face it. I mean, ever since the uh, the Clinton years uh, and with Mrs. Clinton writing her little sissy book about how it takes a village to raise a child, you can't do it with just the parents. We've been softening and softening our stances on people. You know, everybody gets a trophy just for showing up. They haven't had to deal with any real defeat. I don't remember these. Uh, I don't buy the protests, but I don't remember riots breaking out. Because I'm sorry, if you're damaging, you know, damaging police cars, flipping them over, if you're breaking storefronts, if you're, uh, you know, setting federal buildings on fire, you're no longer pro uh, protesting. You're rioting, and you've lost your credibility. I don't remember that happening when uh, W beat out Al Gore. And if you remember that election, uh, Gore won the popular vote. W won the uh, 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 the, the college, and they had eight years, man. They had eight years under the Obama administration. And that and that guy really he he really upsets me because I I didn't want him to win because I don't like that extreme left socialist agenda I'm just not about it. At the same time, I am for equality for others. You know that's why I say I kind of lean a, a little more to the left. You know in, into the center of the Republican side, maybe a little left of center on the Republican side, because I'm all about marriage equality. I, I I think gay people have the same rights as you know straight people. I think it's a ridiculous thing it took that long. Um, but Mr. Obama had a chance to unite us as a people. Finally, we finally had a chance, if, if, if not to completely eradicate racism, we had a chance to at least knock the shit out of it, you know, give it a devastating blow. And what he chose to do inside is to, uh, you know, victimize criminals and criminalize the police. And that has really hit home to a lot of us, you know, so, so somebody like Ian, who is, who is obviously very liberal. It was a very emotional thing. He was right out of the gates, you know, fuck Trump, which is fine, you know. And uh, so so when when Hillary lost and he, and he wasn't even for Hillary, he voted for her, but he wasn't for her. He's a Bernie guy. It, it, they just came as a blow because they're believing all these polls, those very same polls that I said were lying, that it wasn't going to go down that way. You know, so, uh, yeah, for those first couple of days after that Trump election, um, uh, I made a couple of Facebook posts and I really limited it to a couple because people were going to get upset. You know, you had some people of color saying they were fearing for their lives. They thought lynchings were going to come back. And to me, that's just retarded. It's it's not going to happen. I've got a couple of gay friends, you know, on my Facebook page. I went to high school with, you know, thinking that cause like a New York gay marriage is legal. Excuse me. And uh, they're afraid their whole livelihood is going to be shot down. What they're failing to remember is that Trump was once a Democrat. He's not going to be way far to the left. In fact, that's one of the things, or, or way far to the right, rather. And that's one of the things that a lot of America liked about him because Christianity has been beaten down so much, you know, un under these last eight years that a lot of people don't openly admit to it any anymore. And uh, that, that whole notion that... Uh, you have to take rights away from people because God says so. I don't think it sits well here. Although the left will you know, praise the Muslim religion, which in this country they seem to be pretty peaceful for the most part. But in the Middle East, they throw gay people off of buildings. You know, they behead Christians and they, um, they stone women if they don't do what they say and they keep them in constant servitude. 
So I, I think there's been a real shift. I think Americans are tired of it. I think it's ridiculous these people, well, maybe not protesting. It's your right to protest, but Jesus Christ, it's been like four nights in a row. I've had to be at work every day. I don't know how the hell they do it. Uh, they don't have jobs. <laughs> they go to college. I, yeah, you know, and that's the other thing. I mean, have you have you looked at these people? I mean, I was even on Fox News today, they were saying there was a lot of adult-type people there. I keep watching closely, and I'm like, no, I don't see anybody that looks like they're much over 2022 out there in the streets. And if they didn't vote, I don't know what they're out there for anyway, other than it seems like the fun thing to do. Well, the thing, thing he said that hit with me is that people don't admit they're Christians anymore. I don't hide because if I hide, it says in the Bible, if you deny me, I will deny you before my father. So I'll let you guys know I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I believe that people should have rights. The only thing I don't like that you said was okay is the the right to marry gay on gay. I don't approve of that. I don't like it. They could have their, what is it called? They had all their rights. They were allowed to get what is that called domestic uh, partnership domestic I'm, partnership or civil union yeah, yeah i'm fine with that why do we have to call it a marriage why do because for me i believe marriage was ordained by god by a man and a woman and god is perfect so why would we want to take away what god has set forth you see what i'm saying oh so, I, I completely understand your argument there my argument to that has always been that uh if, if God created man in his own image, because I am not a Christian, just so everybody knows, I am baptized. I was baptized as a Seventh-day Adventist. Um, I don't say that there's not a God. I, I guess I'm more agnostic. I'm uh, more agnostic than atheist. But the very fact that he's perfect and only creates perfection, that would have to mean that you know, homosexuality is something that he created, which kind of shoots a hole in this whole uh, infallibility. And I think... Personally, I think that's a big problem with the you know, well, with any religious faith except for maybe Hindus and Buddhists because they don't seem to mind. They're just peace, love, and happiness with everybody. Yeah, but the, I think that the maybe th that's the problem. Yeah, mm. but the thing is that when Adam and Eve uh, gave in to the devil, that brought sin into the world. So God's creation turned sinful because we're all we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. What it says in the Bible now. If Adam and if Eve never took that apple, we'd be living in a lot better world right now. See, uh, a devil's a tempter. He tempts you. He he gets you with things. He knows the Bible better than we do. He knows the Bible just as good as God. He'll then you'll see preachers out there using the Bible to get people to follow them and not the Word of God. If you ever follow a man, that's wrong. You need to follow what's in the Bible and not the man who's teaching it. And that's what people like this Joel Olstein. People follow that guy, and that guy's got a motherfucker's got a mansion as big as big as four of my houses. You know, it's like not right. There's people out there starving. I I go to work in Disney, Anaheim, across the street from fucking Angel Stadium is a tent city along the freeway with freaking families, kids, mothers, dads, grandmas living by the fucking river. That pissed me off. Fucking Anaheim's all fucking rich. Fucking Disneyland fucking money everywhere in the fucking... They, they let Disneyland off taxes so they, they'll expand the park and bring more people in. Fucking hotels everywhere. And they got these people living by the fucking river, man. That pissed me off. Oh, sure, sure. And, and I completely see where that would piss you off, which would explain why, after eight years of the socialist regime... That you would uh, vote the same way I did. Cause I'm I'm a proud Trump supporter. I remember getting a hold of a uh, hold of a buddy of mine uh, the day he announced his election. I was super stoked. 
And I didn't know a whole lot about Donald Trump except for he's rich as shit and he did it off of a million dollar loan from his from his uh, father. Now, they've tried to say anywhere from a million to 12 million. Trump says a million. I'm going to go from the horse's mouth. Even if it's 12 million, he took that and turned it into a billion dollar empire. Now, we have a president who, when he came into office, we were already at eight trillion in debt. And he's leaving office at damn near 20 trillion, if it's not 20 trillion by then. I want a guy that knows how to make money. And that's where I'm kind of, you know, I, I put my faith in Trump. I also hate the fact that you can't say anything anymore without you're, you're either a racist or a sexist or a misogynist or, or, or the worst thing in the world, you're a xenophobe. And it, what's funny is you have all these liberals you know, spewing this shit. And I can guarantee you 90 percent of them, because they act like the Republicans that voted for Trump are uneducated. I can guarantee you that 90 percent of them had to go out and look up what that word was as they were throwing it around, you know, fearing, uh, fearing a race or religion just because of what you think they are, you, you're xenophobic, because Trump said that he wants to halt the influx of Muslim immigrants until we can properly vet them. I'm sorry, these sons of bitches strap bombs to men, women, and they're working on children just to blow people up. I think that's a pretty good idea. He never said, we're never gonna let people in. And they seem to forget that during, uh, what was it, the Iran hostage crisis under Jimmy Carter's rule, Carter banned the influx of anybody coming from that country. If you were here on a visa, he sent your ass back home. It was perfectly okay under the Democrat policy. So it's just more that liberal hypocrisy coming out because they can't handle the fact that the media has been lying to them for the last 15 months. Yeah, the, the thing is, and another thing I'm going to touch on, they're calling, I live in California where we have Mexico on our border, right? Right. So we, we have people here that think that Trump is going to send all these families back to Mexico as soon as he gets in. I think he's going to go on a case-by-case -case basis. He might, in fact, give them amnesty. He'll probably send the criminals back, the ones who have a criminal record that keep committing crimes here. He'll probably deport those asses back. But I don't think he's going to break up families who had their kids here and send the parents home and leave the kids here to fend for themselves. I really doubt he's going to do that. And another thing is that, yeah, Trump said, let's build a wall. And they're all up on his ass. Okay, and I think uh, State of the Union address, Bill Clinton said, we need to build a barrier. The the Mexicans are sending in their bad people, their, their rapists and, and criminals into our country that they don't want to take care of. And then Hillary said as a senator, yeah, we, I voted to build a wall or a fence or whatever you call it. We need to secure our borders. But when Trump says it, he's a fucking racist. This doesn't make sense to me. And people seem to gleam over that, that Clinton said that. He said the same exact thing Trump said, but Trump is a racist. And I'm a racist for liking Trump. You know what? I love all people. I love blacks, whites, uh, Asians, anybody. My best friend is a Filipino. Come on, man. This is stupid. Right, right. It, it, it absolutely is. And like I said, it's just that it's kind of that crybaby whiny mentality that somehow the, the Democrats have adopted ever since JFK was killed. You know, this was a guy that said, ask not what your country could do for you. Ask what you could do for your country. They blow his brains all over the back of that damn convertible. And all of a sudden it's what could you give me? What could you give me? What could you give me? I don't understand how all that came about. 
I don't know how it's been this massive shift to take care of me. I don't want to do anything anymore. And I, I knew it was coming because I remember uh, I remember when uh, Mr. Obama was running the first time. And uh, there was some town hall meeting he was doing. And uh, there was this dude. Uh, uh, man, this guy had me laughing so hard. He looked like he was late 20s, maybe early 30s, white dude, just a bitching about health care because he has to work so many extra hours at McDonald's and can't get any health care. And I was laughing because to me, I'm like, dude, you're in your 30s, at least your late 20s. Okay, at this point, your ass should have moved up into a management position where they offer those things. Now, yes, corporations should offer a more affordable health care plan. My whole problem was I haven't had health care since I was in the damned army. And anytime I've had to go to the ER, I have to suck up those uh, uh, doctor bills. Or if I go to you know, urgent care, I have to suck them up. But it's a rarity. I rarely have to go and take care of anything. So when you make a, a, a law, sign a law in that says, I am hereby forced to purchase something that the government is offering on penalty of, you know, on, on what is it, punishable by a tax penalty. I don't know how that shit slipped by. I, I, I don't understand how that's constitutional to force an American to buy something the government thinks you should have. Now, yeah, health insurance is a good thing. And uh, the problem is that now, now we have seen the same thing I said eight years ago, you know, the same thing I was saying when Hillary was talking about her socialized health care thing when she was running, is these premiums are starting to skyrocket. It's hard to find full-time work anymore because when you carry a full-time employee, you have to play, pay those Obamacare premiums. I'm lucky I was able to find health care for my daughter that cost me a whole lot less than what I would have to pay for it through my job. Because right now I only have, you know, health and dental and I carry a $1,500 deductible because I don't use the shit. So I don't care. You know, I'm 42 years old almost. Once a year, I'm going to have to go and have the old finger plugged up my ass to make sure I don't have cancer. And that's all I need it for. But I'm paying, uh, was it 40 bucks a week? So for... For four, eight, twelve, you know, 160 bucks a month, which really isn't bad for my health care. Other side is my deductibles through the roof. If I carried my daughter, I go from 40 bucks a week to 180 bucks a week. That's outrageous. That's just for me and her. That's 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 you know, worker plus one family member. It's even worse if you have more people in the family. It's it's all a scam. And if, if he doesn't repeal it, because I haven't listened to the news, I've just kind of seen it all when I'm listening to music. Where he's kind of backpedaling a little bit, and I knew he would because, like I said, Mr. Trump was a Democrat for a lot of years. Well, actually, he's not backpedaling. He said two provisions he would keep in is the one where they can't deny you because you have a, an existing health condition and the one where you could cover your children up to 26. But he said, and then they asked him, so he's going to be on 60 Minutes tonight, so you should probably check that out. Um, he said yeah, that seven what, he, yeah. what he wants to do is get keep those two provisions to just rework the whole thing get rid of people getting fined get rid of the companies getting fined for not carrying insurance you know and stuff like that and um he wants and they said well you're going to repeal it and then how long are we going to have to wait for them to get health insurance he goes no when we repeal it we already have the new plan in place we repeal it and start the new plan immediately so nobody will lose their coverage well that's just common sense and i was saying that as well I mean, you don't just cancel it all together 
and you don't have something ready to go. He will have already, if he's able to get this done over the next four years, he will have already enacted this new policy before he shuts the other one down. That's just common sense. But you can't tell a liberal that because they keep accusing us of fear-mongering because we say terrorists are coming to kill us, even though all over the world, terrorists are killing people. Yeah, what just happened in a base uh, the other day in Afghanistan. Boom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, another suicide bombing. What was it, four of our guys? Yep, and a but contractor. It's just... He acted oh, okay. like he was a contractor. He came in and disguised himself as a contractor. Nice, yeah. See, I... I didn't hear about uh, the the contractor thing. Um, just that I knew the four of our servicemen died. It, it's it's fear mongering in the worst way. You know, black people are going to be lynched. Joe Biden, that oh that son of a bitch, says you know all the all the Republicans care about is the good old days. Well, let's let's ask women about the good old days. Well, they couldn't get a fair wage and you know had to be in the homes. Like, dude, we're not going to the 1950s when only the man frankly had to work. Because, you know, because of inflation all these years, both parents in the household or both people in the household, whatever the case may be, have got to work in this day and age, unless you're making a, you know, a kick-ass amount of money. Me and my girl, we work all the time. She's gone all the time. She puts in between 60 and 70 hours a week between two jobs, one full-time, one part-time. I work roughly 43 hours a week on a full-time job. Because I would work three twelves in a in a six, but I have to add a half hour every day because I have to be in early because I'm a, you know I'm the boss. It's it, it's a ridiculous notion to to think that things are going to go the way they keep saying they're going to go. No, nobody's going. To, we're not putting women back in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant and doing the dishes. You know he's talking about asking you know African Americans about the good old days. No, you cocksucker. We are not going back. To those Jim Crow days like you're implying or the segregation days like you're implying or even like during the civil rights movement like you're implying it's not going to that the worst part is is that's the kind of stuff that feeds the racism that's going on and I've seen that on both sides since this election I'm gonna tell you right now on both sides that pisses me off I saw the video of them high school kids that probably aren't old enough to vote anyway you know, walking around that table full of Hispanic or Latino kids, you know, taunting it will build the wall, build the wall. You're a scumbag when you do that. I saw the video uh, of those white kids that have painted their skin up all black, walking around the damn campus there, at, um, I want to say in Oregon somewhere, you know, just trying to incite hatred. I also saw the video footage of those six African-American people, because we can't say black anymore, which is fucking stupid pull out that white guy because I can say white I don't know where he's from what I say English American Irish American that's that's what's wrong with that African American thing we're and that Americans, Mexican American thing we're yeah Americans. we're Americans we're not black white Latino we're fucking Americans man and people know it's to, people need to get that we disagree on shit but come together in brotherhood in times of tragedy so just remember that when you're fucking somebody's fucking somebody bombs our city I'll be there to pull your ass out of the ashes I don't care what fucking color you are i'll help your ass yeah you know and i served with uh with all races and creeds for seven years so this this racism thing is something that's been perpetuated by the left for a long time and it's getting really bad because now you have some assholes on the right that are kind of helping their helping their argument but like i said i saw the video footage 
of the six black guys pulling that white guy out of his car, kicking the dog piss out of him, hollered at him, don't vote Trump, don't vote Trump, stealing his car and driving off. It's, it's infuriating. This whole racial divide is infuriating. And I blame the leftist media and I blame Mr. Obama and I blame Mrs. Obama. And the reason I blame them is because they could have been the great healers and instead they became the great dividers. Just Mr. Trump has been friends you know, with the African-American community for years. You can see it. Do your research and you can see it. You can see it. You can see it. He employs more females and more minorities in executive positions than what? The top 5% of corporations in this country? Oh, it's infuriating. It's infuriating because eight years ago, I don't remember all this homeless. I don't remember all this fucking uh, uh, racial divide. I don't remember cops getting shot at a number they're getting shot or cops shooting people at a number they're getting shot. People are fucking scared of each other now, and it's ridiculous. We used to fucking, and you know, I, I'm not a person to go up to say to a stranger, hey, how you doing? But if I see they need help, I go, hey, you need help? You know, now I'm fucking afraid to go up to somebody and go, hey, you want me to help you? I'm afraid they'll shoot my ass now. <laughs> right? I, I'm not that far, but I, you, you live in more of an urban area. I am in a rural area. Everybody helps each other. You know, we don't give a damn. And I, and I live next to a small city. I think, uh, uh, excuse me, maybe 150,000 people. You know, small city. And uh, we have a large black community here, too. I, I say hello to everybody because I'm just kind of a small town, southern type guy. You know, that's what I do. I know I live in northern New York. I know I've been stuck up here since 1987. My family's from Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, uh, Portsmouth, Virginia. You can't get much more Southern blooded than that. But those are my Southern roots, you know, to, hey, how you doing? You know, what can I do for you today? Those kind of things, almost like I'm waiting on you on a store, just always polite. I got no reason to hate on anybody as long as you don't hate on me. You know what? I want to get back to that Wadzilla thing here for a second. Because, um, again, I'm going to stay out of that. Well, but he, well uh, I, I just wanted to say something. I love the guy. I was just that. I, uh, Ian, if you're listening, dude, that hurt me. That hurt me really deeply because the one person I thought I could fuck with and joke around with about anything, you fucking took it serious. And I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I was just fucking with you. So you could take it or leave it as you will. But I still love you, brother. I still listen to your show. I, I have no problem with you. I talked to Ralph about this on Facebook, me and him talked, and I told him how much that actually hurt me. That one person I thought that that I could fucking talk bitch with, and I didn't, I didn't think you took it that hard. So I, I'm going to tell you, Ian, I'm sorry. It pissed me off, and it hurt me, so I lashed out. <laughs> right, and, and I get that. And, and like I said, it's a very emotional time, and liberals are blindsided because they didn't think that uh, that, frankly, Mr. Trump had a chance to win. Did you have a chance to listen to his show yesterday, the Wadzilla Rock Show at 11 a.m. Eastern? No, I tried to, but I was at, I, I work from 10 to 6.30 on Saturday mornings. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I work on uh, Saturdays, too, but because of where I work, I could put headphones in and listen. I tell you what, because um, his, whole, his whole theme was he was going to have political talk, but he was taking questions from the chat room. And... I kind of expected Ian to be Ian, and you know how Ian can be kind of bombastic and fuck Trump and talk all kinds of shit and be loud and just that's shoot, why, every, that's shoot what everybody down. Him. He's not afraid to fucking give his opinion, and I thought I didn't, I, I didn't have to be afraid with him to give my opinion. I thought well, we'd just fucking blow it off and go, hey man, you're still my brother, but fuck, he blocked me. It, well, like I said, I don't know how fresh it was that it had happened. I really don't know. I could tell you by Saturday, 
he he uh you know he did his show which always kicks ass he always has a great show yeah ian kicks ass man i love the guy even though probably not going to get to do that ou812 on the rock and metal combat podcast with him now but fuck oh you know never say never trump got elected um (laughs) he did a show and he was taking questions and he wasn't enraged because my question was obviously, do, do you support the protests turned riots you know, that are going on in the wake of this election? Uh, you know, why or why not? And he answered it. He wasn't ranting and raving. He, he wasn't uh, uh, belittling anybody for their ideals. And in fact, he said, you know, his opinion on that was exactly the same as mine, which, I, you know, and I told him, I said, see, brother, there you go. We're on common ground. You know, absolutely go protest. That's your right, because he thinks this whole election's fucked up. He said, but once you start, you know, kicking over cock cars and breaking down storefront windows and, you know, burning federal building and stuff, that's when you're wrong. You know, and he, he wasn't, I mean, he was definitely passionate. And he was that way the whole show. He was passionate. But he wasn't an asshole to anybody because he came to a revelation that I thought was really interesting, uh, you know, he said that of all the people he hangs out with in the real world, 90% of them think the same way he does. And because he's so involved in Facebook the way he has to be these days, you know, because of the podcast, because of his radio show, he's realized that now it's only 10% that think his way. It's, you know, a lot of the people that are involved with those pages kind of think the other way. And he was asking people, was like, Jesus, I mean, what do we have in common other than music? Could we still hang out? To which my answer is, Absolutely. I've got a liberal friend that's like a uber socialist. <laughs> you know, he wants to take guns away from everybody and we get along just fine. We don't agree on those things, but it does. Does that mean we're not good people? Absolutely not. People are allowed to think they want to think. I, I think it's ridiculous. You know, four or five days and screaming, you know, screaming for impeachment. I'm like, no, bitch, he hasn't done anything yet. Because I've seen that, you know, a couple of times on Facebook. I got to say, some of these Facebook live videos have really, really made me laugh. Okay, now that I now that I've been nice to the liberals, I, I I've got to talk a little bit of shit. I, I I saw this one girl. Oh my God, she's hysterical. I'm gonna fucking die. I'm gonna fucking die. Okay, I swear to God, demons? I'm gonna kill my fucking self. You gotta switch this shit. <laughs> I saw one that said she saw she sees demons in the, in America now. <laughs> I know it. I'm like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? Look, go get your snack pack. Grab your coloring book and crayons, because that, <laughs> that's what they're doing for these fucking liberals on these college campuses. And, uh, they're giving oh, and, them did you hear pizzas what, and coloring book and crayons, and you, then let them not take their midterms. Did you hear what a, a guy is doing in Iowa? He's on, on the, the college. Uh, he's a representative in Iowa. He's going to investigate these colleges on giving them safe time. And, sit, and this, he goes, he, I think, what did he call it? He goes, pull up your pants, uh, <laughs> something. Uh, something. He says they're butthurt and that should, colleges shouldn't be wasting the taxpayers' money on giving them food and, and canceling classes. So he's going to investigate it and he's going to find out the college how much the colleges spent money on those safe days and he's going to take it away from their budget. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, go Iowa. I love that. It's- it's just ridiculous. They're bringing in puppies to soften the blow with these. Come on, guys. Most, you don't always get mo- your way. You know, most, I didn't get my way twice. And most of these millennials won't even be able to get jobs because they're taking classes on women's studies. How's I going to get you a job in the real world, man? 
I don't know. That's the thing. A lot, a lot of the you know regular type jobs don't require college degrees in the first place, so they're getting you know I'm I'm, I'm studying the humanities. The human bitch walk around. You can study the humanities all day. You know, study like you know physics. You know, biochemistry. Something that matters. Hotel hospitality. Get a thing in management. Get something that'll pay your bills. Don't get something unless you want to be a social worker. If that's what you want to do, then do, then do the women's studies. Do the freaking humanity thing. But if you don't want to do that as a living, get a fucking career. Get a life skill. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, and I tried college. I'm not going to lie. Um, my plan wasn't to go to college. I got accepted to UNC uh, on a partial track scholarship. I didn't go because I was already in the army. I enlisted on my 17th birthday. I got a partial track scholarship to UNC, but it was UNC Charlotte, not UNC Chapel Hill. And at that point, my attitude was, well, shit, I'm already in the army. I've already got a job lined up. If I can't go where Michael Jordan went because my grades didn't cut it and my athleticism didn't cut it, I'll just stick with my army career, you know? So I didn't do the college thing. I did try community college later on. And I, you know, now, cause I wanted to be an English teacher. And actually, English was the first damn class I dropped because uh, I was going through a divorce at the same time. You know, so I was a full-time soldier going through a divorce and trying to get a college education, which ended up being a joke. I hate I hate uh, composition, always have. Not that I can't write very well because I used to write songs. I used to write short stories and stuff. And I've had a couple of them published years ago in magazines my mom would send them off to, You know, which is nothing big. Maybe they just did it because they thought it was cute, but... The fact is that I've done it, and uh, I dropped English 101 immediately. I hated composition. If I could have skipped that and gone to lit, it would have been fine. I dropped my science course. I dropped my math course. The only class I finished was a Vietnam history course because throughout history, I'm a war buff. I can't help it, and I'm a Civil War buff and a Vietnam War buff. So the Vietnam history course that I took was taught by a professor that had gotten drafted, Went and did his tour of duty, killed those people that need killing, came back, grew his hair out, became a hippie, and protested the war. And it was funny because me as an active duty service member, I was like, dude, you went, you did it. If you want to come back and protest after the fact, you have earned it. He gave me an inter uh, interesting perspective on both sides, you know, and I really enjoyed it. But yeah, college wasn't for me. It didn't work out. Yeah, I, I just want to say one last thing, man. People, I love everybody, man. Let's just let's just heal with music, man. Let's just get in and become brothers and sisters and listen to music, man. Just fuck the world what's going on. The world fucking sucks. You know, Paul, one man can't change the whole country. You have a Congress and a Senate. You know, Trump isn't going to get everything he wants. A Congress isn't going to get everything they want. You know, but at least he's in there and he's trying. He didn't have to do this. He's a millionaire. He has a great a life. Billionaire. He, he didn't have to take all this shit. He took all this shit for us, man. Just remember that. And if he fucks up, I'm gonna be the first person to fucking slam his ass. Remember that. Absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I'm, I don't care, Republican or Democrat. We're fucking Americans. We're patriots. And even Obama said that. And that's the only thing I agreed with him in eight years. We're Americans. You know, give this man a chance and support your president. We're Americans before Republicans, Democrats, we're patriots and Americans. Just remember that, people. I love this country. I want to see this country succeed, but we need a real sea change in this country right now because it's going to shit. 
Absolutely. And I and I, I couldn't have said it better. I served this country, so I, I understand what you mean by uh, loving this country. Um, I come from a whole family full of veterans, um, as, as far back as I can trace. So, uh, yeah, and I, and I will say that uh, I for a second that I thought Donald Trump going to the White House as fast as he did, I kind of thought that was almost arrogant. And then, you know, you heard it's supposed to be a 10 minute meeting. And I thought, OK, so there's arrogance on the other side. So here we go. It's just going to be a big old clash to see that they sat there for 90 minutes, talked things out. And then for Mr. Obama to come out and say they had a good meeting and for Mr. Trump to come out and say, you know, he looks forward to working with him and seeks his counsel because that's got it. Why? You know, that's how it's got to be. And I have said it before. And I'm going to say it here again on this record. Cause I already said it on Facebook Live or on YouTube or something. Mr. Trump was the only candidate over Bernie Sanders, over Hillary Clinton, over every other of the 4,000, you know, Republicans running for office. He's the only one that has the ability to cross the aisle and work with both parties. He's been a member of both parties and he knows how to get deals done. I hope, I hope he, I hope it works out. I really do. I hope this, this butthurt stops because it's ridiculous. You know, grow up. Things don't always go your way. And that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, and I just want to say, Ian Wadley, I love you, brother, and I hope you let me back into your Wadzilla Rocks group. <laughs> uh, Ian fucking rocks, and he put on a hell of a show. And while he didn't sway my beliefs, he put him up there intelligently and didn't call me a racist, homophobic, xenophobe for feeling the way I do. He was he was very understanding. And you know what? If the left stream media and you know Hillary Clinton and everybody else on that side would have approached it the way Mr. Wadzilla did, you might have had a different outcome in this election. Yeah, and I just want to say, hey, man, it's okay. I, I understand you. I respect your views. I, I just want you to respect mine. That's it, man. Well, let's 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 heal with the power of music. Let's get into this album by Twisted Sister for released on May 10th, 1984. Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry. All right, let's get into the first track. The title track, Stay Hungry. What do you think about this one, Nate? Oh, you know what? Here's what I think about this track. In order to obtain maximum sensory enjoyment from the auditory representations contained herein, it is necessary to minimize load resistance through the potentiometer in one's preamplification uh, pre section. In other words, play it loud, mother. That's what's written on both the albums, Twist and Sister, Stay Hungry and Come Out and Play. Stay Hungry is such a strong start to this album because this was their third album. This was their first major label album. This is this is a song that's basically speaking to you can't give up the fight. You just push, you push, you push. The positive message that used to you know used to be very prevalent in heavy metal back in the day. I think it's a great song. I think it's a great opening track. I love the riffs. The solos are fucking killer. The bass is pounding, man. A lot of people don't give you know Mark Mendoza the credit that he deserves as a bass player. It, 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 solid, solid track. Way to open the album. Well, that's what I was thinking about when I was driving through Walmart today, uh, waiting for my girlfriend to pick up her medicine. I was just jam fucking jamming this album with the, the, the windows down, stay hungry, for desire, stay hungry. And I was going, man, people are just looking at me like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I'm giving you a positive message, bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking great, this great song, song. This song rocks, man. I, I love it. Fucking kicks ass. And AJ Pirro, man, what a fucking underrated drummer. 
I, I they say he didn't play as hard as he could and and twist his sister, but fuck this guy is pounding the fucking skins like crazy. I love this fucking song. <laughs> his uh his best uh, drum performance, in my opinion, comes later in the album. But you are absolutely right. Yeah, and then we're gonna get to the fucking cowbell song, <laughs> the the anthem that they put out that freaking sent them freaking through the roof. Track number two, we're not gonna take it. What do you think of this one? Well, it it, <laughs> it depends on when you ask me. Um, in 1986, when I discovered this album, it was great. It was everywhere. Uh, solid, very, uh, very, uh, was it rebellious? You know, you're not gonna put me down. Fuck you, I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And I believe this is around the time that D was uh, fighting the PMRC when I heard it. I don't know if 84 was when all that happened, because I didn't research that deep. But it, it, it was a great song. It was a lot of fun. The videos were hilarious, you know, with the, the dude from uh, Animal House, you know, with... Uh, Eat a Marsh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, great videos, you know, perfect videos for the MTV era. Heavy Metal had just exploded the year before with Quiet Riot, you know, with the Metal Health album. So it was great. Now, having said that, I don't hate this song, but as I was listening to it, because I only listened to it a couple times, because I, like I said, I've got the vinyl, uh, I've got the CD, I've got the, the re-record Still Hungry, which I actually like a lot. Um, I, I've got it downloaded on my computer. I am very familiar with this album. I'm actually not working with notes today because I am that familiar with this, uh, this album. Today... I don't care if I ever hear we're not going to take it ever again. And it's not because I hate it, but it's just because even on my local rock radio station, that's all they play is this one of one that shows up later. There's so much great Twisted Sister music out there. I understand it put them over the top. And I've actually got the live from the Hammersmith uh, concert they did on both CD and vinyl. Uh, you know, when they finally made it big after all that time, all that struggle. Great song. I don't necessarily want to hear it again. Yeah, it's a great song, but uh, when I hear the cowbell now, I think of uh, Will Smith, uh, Will Ferrell, more cowbell. We need more cowbell. <laughs> oh, I, I love the cowbell. <laughs> I, I love it too, man. This is a great song, but to tell you the truth, in 84, when I was a kid and this video came out, I thought it was funny, but they fucking scared the shit out of me. <laughs> well, dude, D. Snyder was a scary look of dude. Let's not pull any punches there. With that, with that drag queen makeup he on, uh, he, he uh, had on, and it was done very badly. I'm, and I think that was on purpose, you know. And just the way he looked, and he's not a small dude. He's six foot something, you know. He's got a little bit of muscle on him. He, that's that. It was scary to a young kid because '84. I was what nine. <laughs> I was fourteen, thirteen or fourteen when this came out. And it's fucking, it scared the shit out of me. But I liked the video because I was already in Animal House at that time. I go, fuck, it's Niedermeyer. <laughs> yeah, right? What do you want to do in your life? I love that shit. <laughs> Even at the end of the song, you hear D. Schneider say, pledge pin on your uniform. <laughs> yeah. Really low. Now drop it, give me 20. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was great stuff. Yeah, that was perfectly made to bring him in there for the song, man. That's awesome. And oh, then we yeah. get into my favorite track off the album, Burning Hell. What do you think of this one? I I half-ass agree with you. Uh, I know what my favorite song on this album is. I know what the two are that I don't ever want to hear again. Um, Burning Hell is way up there. I, I, I can't decide which one it is. Uh, originally, it was my favorite song on the album. 
I love the guitar riff. Um, if you haven't heard Still Hungry, it's even better, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it's just a very dark song. When I was a kid hearing this, because I'm obviously younger than you, I didn't realize how much younger. To me, it was very evil sounding, which went against everything I was being told in the house. And at the same time, I'm seeing it on Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you know, yeah. seeing them dancing on that damn, uh, what was that, that convertible, that red convertible, yeah. you know, recording the video. I love Burden Hell. It's 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 one of the standout tracks on this album. So much better than We're Not Going to Take It. Is it my favorite? You know what? I think it's tied for second with Stay Hungry, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite song. I, I love PB's Big Adventure. That's when I first saw it. They didn't even have makeup on in that video. When they were I know it! <laughs> I was tripping out. And uh, it's a great song, man. And it's not like they're telling you you're going to burn in hell. They said you make your own fate if you don't want to burn in hell, you know, make your life right, you know. That's what right. it sounds like to me. That's what I'm getting out of it. I don't know what you're getting out of it. Oh, no, I don't know. To me, it's a guy that just don't give a shit anymore. He's a black, cold-hearted son of a bitch. You know, black heart, cold heart, and he will whoop your ass is what I'm getting. Yeah, because <laughs> he says you choose your own fate. You know, that that seems like what he's talking about. You know, you, you could burn it in hell or you could do something else, you know? Well, sure, uh, sure. That makes sense, too. Yeah, and then we get into uh, track number four, Horror, Terror, The Beginning, Captain Howdy, and Street Justice. What do you think of this one? And D made a movie of this. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I was going to say that. What an epic, epic song. This is definitely my third favorite on the track. The, the whole combined thing. Uh, Strangeland, what a great movie that was years in the making that finally came out. And I am still waiting for, uh, I'm still waiting for Strangeland 2 because that's what we keep hearing about. Um, it's, it's a great song. You know, Captain Howdy about a crazed madman who in this song, you know, and it ended up being different in the movie that he wrote, in the song, he's basically luring kids into his home. And it sounds almost perverse because he's talking about little kids. And, uh, and that's very eerie. And at the same time, we were dealing with, uh, you know, Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street, who you always thought might be into pedophilia, but you never really knew until they redid the movie. And that's why I think that one's better because that one was way creepier because they made him a child molester. But that's the idea I get in Captain Howdy. This is a creepy son of a bitch that is luring kids in. And he's going to do some bad things to them, you know, before he kills them. Then it moves into the second part of that song, Street Justice. And I love this because it, it talks about a lot of the things that are wrong with our legal system. You know, technicalities can get you off. You misplace one little piece of evidence. And now this guy goes off. He gets away with killing them little kids and doing God knows what else. And then all the families of these children have decided that uh, it, it's time to take matters into our own hands. And they ended up uh, killing for him. And uh, I'm looking here now because uh, there's a verse. That I, yeah, okay, here we go. There's a verse I really want to talk about. It says, uh, now before you shake your head, think if it was your child instead. You know, he's trying to say, yeah, maybe mob law is not always right, but what if it was your kid? I think it's a great song. It, boy, it was really hard to have this not be my favorite song, Horror Terry, the beginning. But Burn in Hell and Stay Hungry, man, maybe this one too. They're all tied for second place. There's one to me that's a standout on this album. But, but yeah, great, great song. Epic song. And it really made a really good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but I do want to see it. I've been wanting to find it for a while. And uh, the song, I, I, what it, 
in the street justice part of the song, the thing that gets me is like they talk about the judge coming back from a three drink lunch. <laughs> like he wasn't really into it. He was already out of it. So he Yeah, was, sure. Yeah, that's freaking that's true though. Judges come from a lunch, man. Remember remember uh <laughs> what is it, up in smoke where Chong goes and drinks the judge's water? <laughs> this ain't water, man. It's vodka, man. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the 80s, man. The decade of decadence. I've missed the 80s. I wish we could go back to it. A lot of people bitch about Reagan, man, but fuck that. That was a great decade. There, Nothing was ever better, better than the 80s. You could damn near do whatever you want. Rock stars don't throw fucking TVs out of hotel room windows anymore. What the hell's wrong with these pussies? I know, man. <laughs> that sucks. God. We need some fucking Keith Moons. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, Skid Row was gluing all the furniture to the ceiling when they were touring. That was in the early 90s. <laughs> Damn, that's impressive. And then we get a track number five. The second, uh, I think the first or second video off this album is uh, I Want to Rock with Nita Meyer in there again. What do you think of this one? Yeah, absolutely. That's actually the, the first track from uh, Side 2. And it was the second single. It was released in uh, October 84. Again, this is the other song that, yes, I, I really like it. I really like it. I think it's powerful. It gives It's an anthemic song. Everyone get behind and pump their goddamn fists to. And I don't care if I ever hear this song again. <laughs> it's just, I've heard it too much. It's not a bad song. But it's kind of like the album uh, Europe, The Final Countdown. Yeah, that's a good song. But when I play the record, I listen to it half-heartedly and wait for the next track to come on. You know what I mean? I Want to Rock, good song, was great for the time. Don't want to hear it anymore. Or not that I don't want to, but I really don't care if I ever hear it anymore. But I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's just been overplayed on radio. Yeah, you said that you're the final countdown. Listen to their first two albums before that and how much different they are. <laughs> oh, Wings of Tomorrow is is a brilliant album. Wings of Tomorrow and uh, the first album uh, with uh, Seven Doors Hotel. Fuck, oh, yeah. Fuck the main guy. Awesome. And then awesome. listen to awesome. all their albums they've done since 2004. I haven't heard any of them. Oh, dude, you haven't heard uh, Secret Society, uh, Last Look at Eden. Their last album was totally Deep Purple-ish. Dropbox, okay. motherfucker. Now I'm going to Dropbox. <laughs> After this, I'm going to Dropbox their whole fucking discography from 2004, dude fucking great albums dude they, they just rock hardly any keyboards in them there's keyboards in there but it's more like deep purplish keyboards not da, 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 da. and that's <laughs> funny because europe is the only band from the 80s that i can stomach the keyboards in well damn a bon jovi yeah <laughs> it, it's good i like i want to rock I, I i really like this i like to play it loud with my windows down and go i want to rock you fucking hip-hop motherfuckers <laughs> you know Fucking when they start, I, I'm glad I have this on my iPhone because the fucking they start bumping next to me. I'll just open my windows and play. I want rock. <laughs> nice. I tell you what, watch the movie for the play Rock of Ages, and the song doesn't have as much power as you think it does anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I have the movie Rock of Ages, unfortunately. <laughs> I love that movie. I, I don't care. Too. I love it too. The only, the only thing I didn't like about that movie is with Alec Baldwin and Russell Brand. How they just said, okay, we're gay. 
I loved that shit. I laughed so hard when they were singing. There was no play up to it. It was like, okay, okay, we're going to kiss Tornario's Speedwagon. Oh, no. All the way through that movie, you could tell they just finally let it out there. I I laughed my ass off. I thrilled. But you know what? I like Rockstar, too, so whatever. I like Rockstar. (laughs) That shit was great. And then we get to the so-called power ballad off this album. I really don't consider this song a power ballad, but what's your opinion about it? I, I wouldn't call it a power ballad because it doesn't fit that criteria. This is not heaven, for Christ's sakes, you know, by warrant. But it, it's definitely a ballad, and uh, I love it. I, I I think it's great. It's very haunting, you know. Has it, it's very deep, uh, political. I, you know, almost to a point. You know, just trying to get through life. He, I, I don't know. I. I, I think it's great. I think I think it's a guy that's on the verge of giving up, but realizes that okay, yeah, life sucks. Get a helmet. You gotta move on. I think it's a great song. I really, really enjoy this song. Yeah, I like this song a lot. And, and I was reading. They said it was a power ballad. I go, this isn't a power ballad. It's not fucking making up with a chick. It's talking about life. You know. Yeah, not as good as I believe in you. Off of come out and play though. Uh, I, I really didn't hear that album. <laughs> I need to go and listen to it. I think he, uh, Leader of the Pack turned me off on that album, like a lot of other people. <laughs> I actually like that. Uh, I actually have that one, so I'll drop box for Dropbox for you. Okay, that's cool. And then we get to track number seven, Don't Let Me Down. What do you think of this one? Favorite song on the album. Favorite song on the album. This is what should have been the ballad, but they decided we're going to do a ballad, but it's not going to be ballad at all. AJ Perro stand out on the drums. That song just opens up. Wow, 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 wow. You got freaking Mark the Animal Mendoza. Just killing the bass. And the whole time, man, AJ, up until you actually get to the uh, to the verses where he's just like with that kick drum, he's double kicking. Badass. Badass. Favorite song on here. This is a great love song. It's a great fucking non-ballad ballad. Got great guitar solos. Best song on the fucking album. Fucking AJ Piro just kick ass on here. And freaking, um, uh, what was that other band he was in when he died with? What was that band? Adrenaline Mob. Yeah, fucking, Adrenaline Mob. He was, he was I thought the, that was fucking, what's his face there? I thought that was uh, Port, Portnoy. Portnoy was on the first album. He left and he, he, and he suggested... Uh, AJ to take over, and he was on the next two albums. Gotcha. Dude, he can't... You, you, like I say, they say his drums are tame on this, and if you listen to Journal Mob, you can see why. <laughs> yeah, well... Like, I, I'll drop off you some Journal and Mob with AJ on They it. were not tame on this song, I tell no, you what. It's freaking, he's a fucking great drummer. I wish he would have got that test, and I wish Twisted Sister would have freaking just kept going after Come Out and Play and not give up. You know, because they were too good of musicians to fucking let go, you know? I think well, they did one more good. album, uh, Love Us for Suckers, but that's because they were contractually uh, obligated to do so uh, in 87. I actually enjoy that album. Um, Eddie Ojeda is not on that album. Uh, everyone else is. But that was really... D wanted to do a solo album. I think he was getting into the hair thing a little bit. I like it got some good stuff you find out where warrant got the beginning or the intro to uh a cherry pie that you know all that that's actually stolen from twisted sister from the album love is for suckers but 
Yeah, they were they were done. Stay hungry. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to explain my feelings on this band. Okay. And then we get into track number eight, The Beast. What do you think of this one? I love this song. This is this song is very dark, if you ask me. It's almost like a, a serial killer, you know. And, and maybe they even mention that. It just sounds like, you know, maybe it's a... a, a, a homonym is not the fucking word I'm looking for. But they're basically talking about life and how it's going to sneak up and kick you in the ass. I love it. I love that little guitar riff. It's a badass song, man. I, I think it's great. I don't have a bad... There's really not a bad song on this album. There's just songs that I don't necessarily want to hear anymore. I like The Beast. I think it's a great song. I, I think it's a deep track. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's maybe... If it is filler, it's killer filler. It, it, it's not a bad song at all. Yeah, I agree with you. You took the words out of my mouth on this song. and I, I like it a lot. And there's not a bad song on this album. I could just jam this. And this is like fucking American metal, man. This is American heavy metal at its best this album fucking oh hell yeah this this is a band that had just been struggling in the underworld and got their break so if you think about this would have been their debut album and as a debut it's not bad uh even though it wasn't their debut but yeah yeah american metal absolutely i I remember seeing d snyder on tv when i was uh living in germany as a kid he would do uh public service announcements, you know, PSAs for the uh, television station over there. We only had one that was in English. You know, anything else you could pick up was German. That was way, way before, you know, fucking cable. And it was uh, the Armed Forces Radio and Television Services Network. And he was in there pimping, you know, music, you know. And I just remember saying something like, if you like country, if you like, you know, rock, if you like pop, if you like heavy metal, especially heavy metal, you know, tune into blah 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 whatever it was on the you know the armed forces radio and television services network you know was doing that stuff for the troops overseas and that was just being stationed there we weren't in a war zone or anything so i'm I'm very familiar with d going back years nice and then we get into the last track on the album smf i think it stands for sick motherfuckers sick motherfucker and i tell you what this song speaks to me i think it's a powerful song it's a great way to close the album, and this song is exactly how I felt as a kid because my dad was a country music listener, my stepmother was listening to fucking Rick Astley, for God's sakes. I was oh, getting Rick rolled way back then. <laughs> my stepsisters and stepbrother were into the new kids on the fucking block. I was the guy with the long hair and the band t-shirts rocking the heavy metal. Black sheep of the family, nothing like the rest separate from the others jailing all or failing all their tests yeah hell yeah hell yeah badass badass i think it's a great song great way to end it and i am a sick motherfucker yeah i think this is ralph fiera's freaking uh title right <laughs> oh yeah. he always says he's an be. smf <laughs> hell yeah it's the only way to be i can uh Ralph's love for this band on on uh on his podcast with ian is what got me to re look look at this band i had them i listened to them but I really didn't listen to the, you know, really get into it as much as they were. And their love pulled me into this band and started listening to their albums a lot more than I used to. I really love this album. So what are your feelings on this band, Nate? I think uh, Twisted Sister are great. They're they're one of the true great, uh, great American uh, success stories 
that did not happen overnight. I highly recommend if nobody's seen it. It's on Netflix, so you don't have to go and buy it. We are Twisted Fucking Sister. You know, it's it's basically J.J. French and D. Snyder talking about how, you know, Twisted Sister formed from the Twisted Sisters, which was a band that J.J. French joined, and somehow he took over. Their best music was actually on their first two albums, you know, Under the Blade and You Can't Kill Rock and Roll, or fucking brilliant underground albums. You know, they self-release. Great, great band. Stay Hungry. I think MTV got a hold of them. While the music was solid, MTV diluted it. And then after that, you know, the whole heavy metal exploded so much that Come Out of Play was inevitable. Now, Come Out of Play has some great songs on it. I really like that album. The title track is brilliant. King of Fools is uh, brilliant. Uh, I Believe in Rock and Roll. Uh, I Believe in You is, like I said, the ballad that I think is better than uh, 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 The Price. But they were starting to get diluted. You know, there may be a band that should have had, you know, two great albums and then broke up even before Stay Hungry. On the other side of that, Dee Snyder is probably one of the greatest frontmen of all time. You can't bring that kind of energy. I don't care who you are. You know, you can't bring that kind of prowess. You can't bring that fuck you attitude. It's a great band. I wish they would have gone longer, but they fell victim to the hair metal scene like so many others did. I, I, I don't have a lot of bad things to say, but definitely their early albums. This one and back are definitely their best, but I do like their later stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I haven't heard, I've heard Love is for Suckers. I like that album. And I like the earlier albums before this one. And I, I come out and play. I just never heard. So Dropbox that to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it it's really a great album, man. Uh, uh, it catches a lot of shit because of Leader of the Pack. And I actually love Leader of the Pack. I just remember that video go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> well, it, it's a remake of that old 50s or 60s song. I know you know, is. Just I'm... from the guy's perspective. But no, it was motorcycles, not cars. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great back then. Now... Could I watch that cheesy video today? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are your top three songs off this album? Top three songs are definitely Stay Hungry, Burning Hell, and Don't Let Me Down. Got it. But Don't Let Me Down being the best song on the record. Got it. And uh, do you have any album recommendations for the fans? Yeah, but they're not going to like it. Uh <laughs> You may know Ruba De La Rosa. He's a he's he's a good buddy of um, of Doctor Fuck Rafiera. Yeah. He was putting up a bunch of vinyl, uh, you know, for sale the other day. And you know me, I'm a vinyl whore. Yeah. I, you know. You by the way, thanks for getting involved the needle in the groove. Yeah, I'm into them for like a hundred a hundred dollars right now. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> Dude, I've already <laughs> spent over a hundred. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hear you. Well. The, the album that I've been listening to, I actually bought it from him. I bought two from him. And the one I've been listening to the most is also from 1984. It is a debut album from the New Jersey Rockers. Fucking Bon Jovi, man. Oh, wow. Goddamn Runaway is probably one of the greatest hard rock songs ever written. Jesus, it's amazing. You got Roulette, She Don't Know Me, Shot Through the Heart. And no, that's not You Give Love a Bad Name. This is something different. They just stole that title and incorporated it into that song later on. <laughs> Great stuff. Burning for Love, Come Back, Get Ready. 
This is what Bon Jovi was young and hungry and ready to get fucking fame and fortune. I also got a 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit from Ruben. Yeah, I ordered both of them from him. But this one is the one I've been listening to. Vinyl on the turntable. I was actually spinning it earlier today. Great album. If you don't like Bon Jovi because of the goddamn slippery one wet shit, maybe check that out. Only check that out if you're into rock and roll, though. You've got to like stuff like Bruce Springsteen and such to appreciate New Jersey-based Bon Jovi, early 80s. Yeah, Bon Jovi was on the Eddie Trunk. John promoted a new album, which I bought. Well, I didn't buy it. I bought tickets to their new show coming in March. So I'm going to see Bon Jovi in March with my girlfriend. They sent us their new two, two, uh, two CDs for free, one for each ticket. That was cool. That's badass. I've never seen Bon Jovi live. I tried to win tickets on the radio for the uh, New Jersey tour, but it was a long-distance call from where I was, so I never got them. i seen them twice, uh, and they were both good. They are both great concerts, man. He's a very good frontman. But he said that, look at, uh, what is it, uh, the song, Shot to the Heart, You Give Love a Bad Name. Compare that to the songs that were out at that time, it's different than the music that was totally out. Their their album was totally not hair metal, not metal. It was just rock. And they actually talked to their their uh, manager, Doc McGee, says, hey, we want to go on tour with Brian Adams. We want to go on tour with these people. No, you need to go on tour with the metal, metal people like Ozzy and whatever they toured with Iron Maiden because you're going, you're going to have those fans for your lifetime. Yeah, yeah, and the thing was, they had the long hair, they had the look, so it kind of fit the whole genre, but they're just a, man, I don't know if I can call them hard rock, although they got hard for that third album, and New Jersey was kind of hard rockish, and New Jersey's a brilliant album. I love that album. Yeah, me too, holy fuck, what a great album, but... I don't know. They just got they got kind of lumped into that category. Like Aerosmith was considered a heavy metal band in the eighties. You know, it was they were in there with Bon Jovi and Hit Parader right next to fucking King Diamond and Metallica. <laughs> That's weird, man. I love Bon Jovi and her new album's pretty good. I didn't like the one before that. The one before before that called All About Now. I was kind of weak. But this is the first album without uh, Richie Sambora. So I'll suggest it. This house is not for sale. It's a good album. And I also suggest, uh, I just bought Extreme Porner Graffiti Live 25, which comes with a CD, Blu-ray, and um, DVD. And it's really good. They kick ass, man. I don't care what you say. You don't like Gary Sharon, but Nino, it, Nino, Nino is a fucking bitchy Nudo. guitar player. Nudo. Nudo. Nudo Bindicor. <laughs> what a fucking incendiary guitar player. Yeah, he, he he is a good guitar player. I didn't like Extreme at all. That porno, porno graffiti album, I, it was too funky, too weird. And I've tried to go back and listen to that stuff, and I just can't do it. But you guys go check it out because you all don't have to fucking agree with me because yeah. most people don't. I like fucking Poison, okay? Just saying. Hey, I like Poison too, man. <laughs> we should do a review on Look What the Cat Drake in. <laughs> I got that vinyl sitting right next to me. I could pull it out and show you right now if we were actually looking at each yeah. other. I know, you told me you got that off Needle in the Groove. I yes, saw. Needle in the Groove, Darren McGinnis, Jay Gerald always put out good shit. Join that Facebook group. Fair prices, four albums, cost $4 shipping. I'm telling you, it's the best place to go. And also, and they have another one called Vinyl Seconds that's really good, too. Yeah, I'm involved with them as well. I don't buy from them quite as much because they don't put up as much metal. Dude, they've Dude, been I putting th- up more metal than anybody. <laughs> 
I don't know. I just scored the guy's David putting Lee up Ross some skyscraper. Maiden. The guy was putting up uh, Iron Maiden and shit. Nice. Nice. I'm, fuck, I have to fucking follow them then. I have them there, but they never show up on my feed. Yeah, they've been showing. I just go to them by myself. Just look, needle in the group, go to their page and just look at it because I see a lot of shit. That's why I haven't been on those pages for a week because I can't afford it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do a... Uh... I had to talk to a Darren about, hey, look, it's getting close to Christmas time. I got three kids, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. We might, have, we, we might have to make a deal. I'm only into Darren for 22 bucks right now, but the other guy in uh, Vinyl Seconds, intricate, I can't say his name, but I'm into him with 102 bucks right now, but he said it's it's a layaway plan, so don't worry about it. Pay me when you can. <laughs> yeah, I just dropped 75 yesterday, so I hear you. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thank you for being on the show again, and... uh um, check out your uh, pr promote your uh, your radio show, man. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me back. I love coming to the Freeform Rock Podcast. You're a cool motherfucker, Mark. My show, DJ Big Bushy's Big Bushy Power Hour, every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you California motherfuckers have no excuse because it's early over there. Nine to midnight or so, because I have no DJ coming on after me. It's a live show. I specialize in 80s hard rock and heavy metal, because that's my thing. But I play everything, man. I, I, I do a classic rock block. I'll play brand new stuff. You know, I, I do it all. So on thatmetalstation.com, if you're on your PC or laptop. If you're on a mobile device, it doesn't matter if it's an Android or an Apple device. Go to your respective app stores. Search that metal station, download the app, come in the chat room, make a request, say hi. And if you don't want to do any of that, you, do, you can go to the TuneIn app. Again, search that metal station. The problem is, I'll see you listening, because I can see my numbers, and my show is growing every goddamn week. It's a beautiful thing. But you won't be able to get into the chat room. So come and check it out. If you like 80s fucking metal, hard rock. If you like a little bit of today's stuff, some of 90s stuff, even some 70s and 60s stuff, and some classic rock, the party is always at the Power Hour. That's how I've been advertising it for weeks now. The party's at the Power Hour, because I play the fun stuff. Other guys will play the... I'll play fucking Poison. You know that shit's fun. Fuck yeah. <laughs> His show rocks, man. Whenever I get, could get on it, I get on it. I also get on uh, Dr. Fuck and, e and Wadzilla Rock Show, too. And they have a new uh, lady DJ on there. I haven't heard her yet, but I'm a friend with her on Facebook. I'm going to check her out when she's on there. DJ Again. Lee, she's on Thursday nights from uh, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. just before Dr. Fuck. Yeah, she, dude, she plays some crazy stuff. She was playing Fugazi. I love punk rock. I haven't heard Fugazi since the goddamn 80s. She was playing them on her debut show. Good stuff. We have uh, DJ Max, uh, Mind Over Metal. He runs from 5 to 8 on Wednesday nights. We've got a lot of new DJs. We're growing, growing, growing. Check our station out. Maybe one day Scott Green will give you a piece of the pie. <laughs> we keep growing. We start selling more and getting more advertising. Hey, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, man. Uh, good job, Scott Green. Just work on the chat room app. It sucks. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, on, on the app. I'm not a fan of it on the app either, but I have an Android dev uh, device, so it's not so bad. Yeah, it tells the me I'm somebody else. So I had to put in as a guest and put my name in it. <laughs> yeah, that's an Apple issue that uh, that he has to work on. And uh, the, the great thing is, now you told me, because I had a guy one night bitching about the app, but he wouldn't tell me what the problem was. 
So now I know it's an Apple issue, so we can work on that. Yeah, I, I told Scott. He knows. Oh, okay. Good, good. All right, man. Thank you for coming by. It's a pleasure as always, man. You, you have a great show tonight, and I'll try to get in. Hey, you better fucking get in. I showed up for yours. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll get in there, man. All right, man. Nah, thanks thanks for having me, Mark. I, I, I love coming here. You have a nice, comfortable couch. You always give me a nice beer. It's a little weird when you're tickling my balls when I'm talking, but you know what? Whatever. <laughs> right. Hey, at least, uh, at least I uh, use hand cream, man. Come on. Hey, absolutely. You take care of your fucking guests. That's what I'm saying. Come to the Freeform Rock podcast. He will take care of you. Literally. <laughs> All right, brother. You have a good one, man. I'm so happy to be here again. All right, man. Take it easy, man. All right, All brother. Right, bye.
gonna burn in hell. Those are some kick-ass tracks. Now I want to promote some podcasts from my friends. We got Metal Raps. We got the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck Rafiera, 
and Ian Wadley one-on-one with Mitch LaFon talking metal cheap trick with cheap track with Ken Mills and in podcast the kiss room focus on metal decibel geek with Aaron with Aaron Camaro and uh, Chris Sinzak and in Zilch a monkey's podcast and then I'd like to also promote the Eddie Trunk podcast and the Ka- Cassius Morris show man these guys are kick-ass podcasts and I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and God bless, man. <laughs>